Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me to kill me. If Karga said you were coming, we have your border. I like those odds. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to Forest Moon Radio, an X-Wing Miniatures podcast. Forest Moon Radio is a twice-monthly podcast talking about all things Star Wars, with a huge emphasis on the X-Wing board game. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Forest Moon Radio. My name is Luke, otherwise known as Lou the Lunatic, and I'm flying out of my basement today in London, Ontario joined with a couple of regulars today i am joined with dave hey everybody and justice hello good evening everyone and uh today's episode we're mostly focusing on recapping the las vegas open one of the lone star uh sorry lone star open it's very close in name i know it was in or in uh texas that's my bad. All good. Put on by the same people as the Las Vegas Soap. So. Yeah, I think I was thinking about it because they were going to have, um, they're going to be joined in some way with the uh, the mats that you could buy. Plus, everybody's been abbreviating it that, too, so it is pretty close. LSO, yeah. LVO. That's a shame. I mean, mm-hmm. when I send y'all y'all's gift bag, I'll include some, at least a print that we got. I love hanging stuff up in my basement. It's my little nerdy basement, so I'm sure I would find a room for something like that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I grabbed a few, so I'll send that up. Yeah, just like we had Brent Wong on as the main judge and organizer for LSO, uh, we have Atreides, our, our very own justice, Judge Justice. Finally fulfilling my naming rights. Exactly. Bringing justice to real-life X-Wing. How about we, we, we kind of have you go from here, because obviously we weren't there. Is there any big notes that you kind of want to mention? There, there's a few. Um, I mean, some of it's already been talked about, but any like that you've seen, and if anyone's looked at the any of the social medias lately, there was drama, of course. I mean, can't have a first big X-Wing without drama, but I just want to add, it was so positive from my perspective, everything about it was so positive. So, like, there, the little one thing I might bring up, besides that little thing, was completely great. Like, I so enjoyed just being there um, with everybody. So, that, that was the um, great thing about it. I'm mainly going to focus on, you know, the positivity yeah. of it. That's a good plan. I mean, I myself had a negative, like, I, I still am like, oh, I made it that mistake. But no, I'm going to focus on the positive for talking about it for everything. But no, it was great fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, we can jump right into it, I guess. Uh, do we yeah. want to do the list die first, or do we want to talk about just the event in general? The event, I'm sure there's been a lot. We can look at some of the lists that people brought, yeah. but I'm sure there's been a lot of um, breakdowns already. Yeah. On uh, other podcasts and stuff. So we can kind of go into the um, tournament in general. 
what the feel was, what the meta was. And it's pretty amazing, uh, all these players that have been in, hiding in the shadows waiting to pounce. Uh, I, I mean, that's that's the like, cool but scary thing. And I'm, I wish I would have played, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. Because, like, yeah, we have the online community and everything, but a lot of the people who came to this and a lot of the big names are not online players. So, like, on day one, it was... We called it Murderer's Row, just looking at it. Because just all the huge names, you had national champions, world champions, like multiple system open champions. It it was nuts that first day. Yeah, if, if you didn't, like, if you were watching live and you didn't know that it was kind of not, it wasn't like a huge turnout. It wasn't... No, we had 44 people day one, and then like 50 people solid day two yeah but even with 42 people day one it was still crazy to have a paul heaver duncan yeah. howard matchup yeah day <laughs> like... one was the like 42 people but of those 42 people like all of them were champions yeah that was a scary thing yeah Just... and i'm pretty sure i mentioned this but i didn't win a single bet every single game i was wrong <laughs> <laughs> what guessing uh, yeah, um, Gold Squadron podcast. They have a betting system yeah, yeah. where you have points. I, I think I mentioned this. I had a hundred and seventy thousand points, and I ended the uh, the weekend with ninety. Ouch! And, yeah, because you can bet ten grand every time. Man, um, I don't want to go to Vegas with you then. <laughs> no, <laughs> but Vegas loves people like you. Yes. I'll just uh, I go mean. To- that big slot machine where you put a hundred bucks in and you have a chance of winning like a hundred million and then then i'm done for the day that's how they get you man oh just one more hundred i mean the next roll will get you um so one of the things i want to shout out is the prize support we got like everything like brent said on that other episode was community funded so like everything we got was straight up like community prize support which was awesome. That's great. And, and is, did was there anything that you particularly got that that like really so stands out? What I got was like, and this was a thing that everyone got, but they uh, the crates made thermal uh, templates. Oh yes, I heard about those. And, and like I said, when I send up y'all's box, I'll include some X wing stuff too, and I'll include one or two of them because I got some extra. <laughs> Feel bad that I didn't include any of my. Um, Don't random worry parts. about that. No, <laughs> that will be sent in an envelope or something. It, they I are think. what they look like. Is basically on they're flat on one side. I'll take a picture and post it in the Discord. Um, but flat on one side, and there's a spot for the first one at range one, and there's a spot for the one at range two, and they all have little funny sayings. Oh yeah, that's the. Um... But that's what. Everyone got one of these. So the first um, one goes into the U. The second one is what? It go, placed under the crate's dragon head? Well, no. The first one goes... The first one goes where you see that one arrow pointing up into that U, and the second one goes on the other side of it. Oh, that close. Okay. Yeah. I so wondered if it was... This is like actually... One that is, go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, well, this is a great like visual, too, because you can see that a straight one is like this like is a straight one we all know kind of what a straight one but then what's a straight two in relation with the bomb and you can see that 
the straight two goes a little bit like it's right next to it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it would have been further, actually. So it's a very cool thing. I I really like that. And, you know, I got a mat. Yeah, they did look great online, too. I, I did get to watch stuff. a couple games. It's so pretty. Wade Pichu was commissioned to the artwork. Did such a nice job with it. Yeah. Yeah, Wade Pichet's also been doing a Pichet. great job judging on the Gold Squatcher and Paint Wars as well. And then, I mean, just... I handed out all my hair cards, and I gave out some concussion bomb card. It, it was a good fun. Everything was like a fun community event. But I mean, it was so. So this was the first major event I was a tio, uh, not tio, but judge for. So first day, first time I'm out there, it's like okay, go judge these tables with Duncan Howard, Paul Heaver. D, and just all these names. Oh, yeah, it's not like, intimidating at all. It's like, yeah, yeah, they're going to call me over and I'm going to say something stupid and they're going to then go and, like, say, oh, this judge was terrible. Uh, I'm sure you did a great job. Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to be a judge. Like, I think of myself as a good player and then someone would ask me a question about reinforcing and I'd be like, I don't know. Well, we there was <laughs> some, like, <laughs> there was some issues. There was some little things and you know it, it was a live and learn i'll say my mistake the one mistake that ate at me for a lot of the weekend so i had to answer a question and i answered it one way and i'm like wait a minute let me go get the marshal because i didn't feel comfortable with my ruling like i'm like it could be this way so i went to go get the marshal came back my the thing i said originally was flipped which yeah that's what i thought but it took about five minutes and I, no. I was told afterwards, you should have given them extra time. Oh. You, you should have given them, because you had to come to me and, and explain everything, and I didn't know, so we had to look it up. You should have given them extra time. And I'm like, I should have given them extra time. They would have had one more round. And the it, it was kind of determined, but the one extra round might have done something. And it's like, dang. Now, it, it was lucky, the person that that was a good friend of mine and so it wasn't that like oh i messed up somebody else's game i messed up someone who's a friend of mine's game kind of made it feel worse (laughs) yeah it's almost like if it was a stranger at least you're you know when you walk away you're definitely walking away but but uh we have so this guy i played him my first like regional i went to back in 1.0 and he beat me on a bad beat card and i would never let him forget that if you didn't, if I didn't draw that crit right then and there, I would have won. And now he's like, now I get to say, I would have won this game if you would have given me one extra turn. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There, there. It's one thing when you're playing a game in in one moment that could have won you the game, or that could have saved your ship uh, eats at you. It's another thing if you're judging a game. I don't know what that personally feels like, but. I'm sure you did a great job. I'm sure it, it wasn't like, I mean, it's not a Toronto role, so it's fine. Um, I will say the one most awkward experience I had, and D already talked about this on Fly Better's podcast, so I don't feel too bad mentioning it, but he asked me something that put me in like the worst spot. And oh, I D, had to call D mentioned it? D mentioned it, what he okay. did. He did something. So does was was he being sarcastic then? 
No. Oh. No. Okay. He, it, it was a... So he felt bad about it. Yes. Because what happened was just, like, he let something go, and then he's like, no, I saw the result, and now I don't want to let this go. And I'm like, but you saw the result, so I had to call the marshal over, and, you know, we... So that was one awkward thing. And then the most awkward thing happened on stream. This was on a stream game, final game. And oh my gosh, it was awkward. We had to roll a full engagement backwards. What was this for? This So day three, it was on GSB stream. It was during the cuts. And it was Mitch versus Andrew. And in case people don't know, Andrew was like Andrew won the whole thing. He went undefeated through the whole thing. Okay, um, Andrew, uh, what's his last name? Um, I feel so bad. I don't. Is it Andrew Knuckles? No. No, no. no. Oh, it's on TTO. Uh, yeah. Andrew Bulldog. Bulldog. Yes. He went yeah. undefeated, but it was during that game. It was Mitch versus Andrew, and. Andrew was flying his Separatist list. Mitch was flying A-Wings. And Gavin. Garvin. And it was in this really big engagement. And he took a lock on Zam. Mitch took a lock on Zam. Oh, they didn't trigger. And they did not trigger FTC. So they did the whole engagement. And, you know, I'm sitting close by watching, but I didn't see over they have a stack of tokens and everything so i didn't really see like if it was flipped or not i just assumed if they're doing it yeah they're doing it right and then after they did the whole engagement where mitch kind of came out on head mitch stopped and said we forgot to trigger ftc oh no and called me over and i'm like ftc is a must and then just with the little talk, we're like, with the marshal, since the game state did not change, since no extra information was thrown besides, you know, cards being dealt out and damage being dealt, it was decided, roll back the whole engagement. So they restarted the entire engagement. Had to re-roll dice and everything. Yep. Oh, and his wedge, Mitch's... Mitch's wedge ended up dying. Zam didn't get one of the crits Zam did. Now, Zam took more damage, but didn't get a crit. Uh. Um, But they got like six minutes added to their time. Andrew's the one I kept voting against because I was like, this he list can't keep winning. with two vultures right? can't keep winning. <laughs> Dave, have you seen the list? No. It, it's, it's a... a it's really, it's really neat. I'll probably play it at one point. It's General Grievous with Treacherous and Pervian Plating and Solus One. So he's uh, your flanker. You got Zam Wessel, who's your tank with uh, Treacherous Proton Rockets, which is very interesting. Johnny Ray, you'd be proud. Uh, <laughs> Count Dooku, Thermal Detonators, False Transponder Codes, Hull Upgrade. And then he has two Trade Federation, uh, Trade Federation drone vulture droids with nothing. And yeah, those droids ended up doing something. Yeah. And who's flying that? Andrew Baldock. He was a player out of 
Texas, I believe, Austin. Yeah, no, I don't have that. I, I watched uh, two games, and yeah, that's not one of them. But it, that wasn't also judging that was like, yeah, I mean, it's a must, and it does affect the game. And since things hadn't moved past just rolling dice and dealing cards, you shuffle your deck and you re-roll the dice. And all, like, that's a huge shout-out to Mitch, how good of a player, like, that That was great sportsmanship, seeing that, yeah, we didn't trigger false transponder, that should have triggered. Yeah, especially in a tournament setting, it, it it's good on him for pointing it yep. out. You know, just, the, yeah, one of the I, big, I, sh- I, go, sorry. Oh, I, I, I'm just saying I know how bad it feels to go through a whole engagement and then forget get about a crit <laughs> yeah it's like oh you 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 can't have you can have taken that calculate you you have whatever the crit is where you can only take focus actions D- uh, damage sensor right yeah you have damage sensor right you can't do that it's like oh sorry i'll, I'll go back and i'll just flip that but it was okay because i never spent that calculate anyway but he let um, me go back and flip the crit which was good yeah so some other observations uh, day one, we only had one FO player. Wow. Uh, day two, we had three FO players. So a total of four FO through the whole tournament. Wow. And the, the lack of HMPs. And there was zero HMPs, which shocking to me, actually. Considering how good they've been doing, and um, I, I don't know if it's just the fear of playing them in real life. Not owning four. Uh, yeah, five. people not owning them because they haven't really been in stock. That could be it. But it it was shocking. Just like I just I just need one more. Now what I called, I knew at least ten percent of the field was going to be barons of the empire. I got that right. So many yeah. barons. Yeah, people borrowing each other's Tyve ones. I'm assuming. Day um. Day one, it was like. Every round of Swiss, you had a Baron versus Baron going on. Yeah, because we have two of the, or one in the top 16, one in the top 32 that I can see. Well, and yeah, that's the other thing, though. They didn't make a huge showing in the final. Like, they didn't the, make the ruthless call. versions as well. Um, yes. We got the ruthless ones and the disciplined ones. Oh, wow. You scroll down even farther, there's like a whole bunch. Yes. Oh, wow. Like, day one, there was a whole bunch of ones. Uh, day two, not as many, but still present. Especially since you had um, two of the Birmingham Barons that came from Alabama um, to play. Two of them brought the Barons of the Empire. And it was funny. Uh, it was Joel and Charlie. First round of day two, they played against each other. Nice. So they drove all the way from Birmingham, Alabama, which was about three states away, to play <laughs> in a, you know, Texas Open, and they got matched against each other first round. And they flew the exact <laughs> same list. Oh, man. And it came down to final salvo. That what? That was the Barons? Yeah. Oh, my God. That that just doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, I guess if they're finding the exact same list, if they kill the exact same amount of stuff, then 
They both had two and a half ships left on the board. Which is crazy, especially if one of them was going last. But I guess that doesn't matter if they're both disciplined. Yeah. Because you kill a ship, they get to do their actions anyway. Um, oh my goodness. That just sounds like a nightmare. I, I feel... So, the Birmingham Barons, if, I mean, y'all, if you haven't met them, they're some of the nicest people. They're great. Uh, that's where Andrew Knuckles is from. Yeah, I've dealt with Andrew a lot on Etsy, and he's he's very nice as far as I can tell. Yes, and they are all great. And each round of the tournament, almost, on day two, you had a Birmingham Baron versus a Birmingham Baron. Oh. <laughs> and, in fact... The last round, you had uh, Steven play his wife, Lauren. Oh, Lauren Ford? Yep. Oh. Who was nice. on stream that time, and fun- she was muted. No one knew she was muted, like, at the place. Uh, where? Sorry? The... Uh, they did an interview on GSP with her, or they were supposed to, after her game, and she was muted. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> but no, Lauren Ford no, They and- did, uh, yeah. Lauren Ford and Sarah Tessin, they did a great podcast on um, Midwest Scrubcast. That's where I learned her name. Okay, yeah. From. Lauren and Steven had to play against each other the final round. And it was, if Lauren beat Steven, Steven wasn't in the cut. But if Steven beat Lauren by a certain amount of points, Lauren could still make the cut. And she ended up making the cut. So That's awesome. Yeah. For her. <laughs> Well, they both made yeah they both made cut, but they lost in the top thirty-two. Yeah. So, how many? All right. Uh, what was the highest number of lists for like Bosk. I have to think here? You like, saw no, the No, do you mean faction? Bosk, uh, for the faction, what was the most represented faction? Oh, um. Obviously not fo. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say scum. Okay, scum. I think by our count, Scum was the most represented fashion. Okay. Because Bosk. Because Bosk. Bosk was everywhere this week, uh, that weekend. Well, because it was the most uh, represented faction, we can do a Scum Wikipedia yeah. uh, deep dive at some point. Yeah, so was there. Um... Like any new faces? Did you did you um, meet anybody new that you became friends with? Um, Was there a, a lot of people that you met that you've always wanted to meet that you never met before? So I got to meet D really in person. I met D at Worlds. I don't think he remembers meeting me at Worlds um, 2019, but I met D there. But I got to meet him, and you know it was actually I got to meet Chris Allen. Uh, again, he seems that's, like a fun guy. That's something that, like, I, I might have passed him at Worlds. I might have, like, I don't think he was at 2019 Worlds. I don't know. And that's the thing. I know his name. I know who he is. But never really met him. Got to meet him a bit. We didn't talk much, but, like, so that was cool. You know, I, I got to passing uh, Paul Heaver before. So that was cool. It, it was so frightening though like just as a i like to consider myself a good player i've i made it to world so and i made it to like cut at worlds so i'm a decent player but just like uh nathan Edie was there and 
like all these people. And one of the nicest people I met was Nathan's dad. Yeah, because Nathan Idy is a younger player, right? How yes. old is he? Like he was, when I first he's, heard about him at 1.0, he was like 15 or something. Yeah, he's oh. in college right now. Oh, okay. Um, no, nothing against anyone that's young playing the game. I just thought it was kind of cool that he was such a great player at such yeah. a young age. Oh man, he is such a good player. And something cool, and this is, if anyone's listening, it's like, how can we get better at X-Wing and stuff? Uh, just seeing what he did. So he got there really early on the third day. Like, I got there early to make sure things were set up. And because I had breakfast already and I lived, like, I was five minutes away. So I'm like, I showed up and I'm like, oh, I'm really early again. But he was there. And, you know, pairings had gone up, but they weren't finalized. But he kind of knew his pairing, a hard pairing. And so he sat there by himself with just his ships working on engagements, how to engage, how to move, how to do things. And he just like was formulating. And as more people showed up, you saw people sitting there with him. And like, I, I related it to, have y'all seen Queen's Gambit on Netflix? Not, not, yet. not yet. Great. If Great show. Love that miniseries. But there's a scene where you see all these Russians standing around the board, looking at it, analyzing a game, and working on things. That's exactly what was happening. You had all these huge name players just standing around a board, looking at like the board state and analyzing, what do you do here? How do you do this? Mm-hmm. I, I remember... In multiple uh, X-Wing podcasts, when I first started listening to podcasts, that they were talking about if you really want to get better, you got to take out all your ships and practice setups um, and kind of going through games like without rolling any dice or anything. Just kind of play with yourself. (laughs) But I never... Like, I love playing the game, but I've never really loved it that much that I've felt like the urge to like put ships on the table by myself. I don't know. That's just, I'm just not into it, I guess. I guess that's why I'm not going to be Nathan (laughs) ID. Well, but, but I will say that just talking with Nathan's dad was Mm -hmm. a great like thing. That guy is so, um, I forgot how many, but like, he got into the game because Nathan was into the game. He wanted to use the game to spend time with his son. And that's like the most heartwarming thing. And the dad's like, he was at the bottom tables. He's like, yeah, I'm terrible at the game. I'm always down here, but I get to watch my son play. I get to be with him and watch him win. I'm just here to meet people and have fun and watch him win. That reminds me. I need to play a game of pool with my dad. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I mentioned, like, I, I went over to their house today, and I was like, I'm feeling really nostalgic lately. Where's all my old Game Boy games? My dad's like, you weirdo. <laughs> you want to play your old Game Boy games? But, like, like I love playing other things with him, like pool and stuff like that, and cribbage and euchre. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, he never he never understood, like, um, well, I think he likes Star Wars, but, like, uh, 
like all my old cartoons and card games and stuff like that. But it's it's cool to see um, growing up in this generation, like families that play games like this together. It's really cool. Yeah, and so he was a great guy to meet too. So yeah, it was meeting like this community that, you know, and this was one of the like negative things that I didn't like seeing when I saw some responses. People like about the community, people being mean to each other. I'm like, I didn't see that. When I was there, there, it's like, this is the X-Wing community. This is like the gold standard of X-Wing community people around. And then you get all these offshoot factions. Um, Another really good guy that I met, and I just played him the other day also in Kyber, and the name is blanking me. He was day one. DeLorean. DeLorean Butler. He plays online. You see him like Ren Ozari online. He was this vibrant, big personality, and it like he brought this excitement and love and just to this game. And like he was big and like loud personality wise, and it was just so fun to see that. You know, you don't usually see that online. That's so hard to like come across sometimes online, these big personality. And I really he brought it and it was this great like thing to just experience there and then it just so happened that the next day while we were driving back from dallas home uh he messaged me he's like we were in the same pod we're matched up well, that's awesome. for kyber and he's yeah, been there's definitely um like there's definitely some big personalities in x-wing um but i mean just because they're loud doesn't mean that they're that it's bad no, I mean, he was, for the game. he was loud and friendly and just like you knew something happened when you heard him because you could hear him all around the room. That reminds me of um, Toronto System Open. Do you remember, Dave? Like it would it would just be people playing their games and all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, no, uh, or uh, somebody screaming, oh, no. And it's because uh, their dice failed them or something. And it was Dion. Like it was like two or three times, I heard him from a, across the. Uh, I tend the to whole, I tend to zone in on my room. game. I kind of I, I don't actually hear a lot of the stuff around me once I'm playing. Not that not that I'm like a professional or anything. Just but but like loud enough that people looked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Dion's a big personality, right? He like I'm sure him like many other people get really get into their game. I don't I don't know when I'm at my store and I'm with people that I know. I'll I'll get a bit more. Like, I'll break out into song. I really don't care. I, but, I do the uh, same thing. <laughs> uh, so, it's awesome that you got to meet so many people. I'm really jealous. Uh, I had another question for you. Uh, about the... I know Texas, they, they, they don't have any um, mask mandates right now. Did you notice a lot of people still wearing masks? Um. Oh, that's a great question. There was now. I wore my mask. I've, that's a given. Um, I'm not going and risking anything. Like mm-hmm. I wore my mask, just knowing I'd rather be safe than. I'm sorry. You know, you did have some people wearing masks. I heard a lot of times at tables like, "Hey, man, I'm vaccinated. I have my mask though with me. Do you, you want to me put it on? Is that okay?" And like they would talk about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um. One big thing for me, like, I made sure I went around and, you know, I had a plan. I had my judge set of rulers and stuff if I needed to go 
do anything. But in the heat of the moment, I would usually forget it somewhere because I'm the most forgetful person. <laughs> like if I set my, I had to track down my phone multiple times over oh, the weekend because I would set it on a table to do something and then I would just walk away. And then I'm like, oh, what table did I judge at last? And I would have to go and it's like, there's my phone. Yeah, the only reason I ask is because um, it made uh, my wife and I think when we were watching uh, the final day, Paul Heaver was co-hosting with Will Yeah. Um, Hagwood, and Will had his mask on and Paul didn't. And my wife was like, why doesn't that guy have a mask on? Oh, Paul Heaver? And then I had to think about it, and I was like, Texas doesn't have the mask mandate. No, I'll... Looking back, we should have. I, I'm not trying to be political about it. It's no, just no. something that I noticed. Looking back, that, we should that have. May, right? that, um, it weirds me out because up in Canada, there is mass mandates everywhere still. And uh, just watching a stream. But after knowing it was in Texas, I was like, and most most of the people there are vaccinated, hopefully. No. Then it <laughs> should be. It should okay. be. That's a different podcast, different topic there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but no, um, it, it was weird, kind of like you saw a lot of people with the mask. You talk, saw a lot of people talking. And again, I felt like, oh man, I just touched your templates. I'm sorry. And I had hand sanitizer. So I'm like, y'all want hand sanitizer? And and I and I saw a lot of like Facebook pictures of people in groups without masks on, like taking pictures. Yes. So that was, I was like... Is this is this uh, 2019? What's going on? Well, um, I, again, I haven't, not trying to make a political statement here. I haven't it's heard of anyone catching COVID from the event, so I think that's a good sign. I didn't wasn't told like, hey, go get tested. So that's a good sign. Yeah, so, I don't think anyone was going out of their way to not be safe. Yeah, yeah. it's the x-wing community besides all the forum stuff you see but it's like a really friendly positive community so you know that i don't know that's a great question and i made sure i had my mask on and that's you know what i worried about and you know it was one of those things like i saw will and i played against a will Haywood at worlds and i know him and being an idiot like i am i offered him my hand and then he's like, I'm not shaking hands right now. I'm like, nope, you are exactly right. I was stupid for that. I mean, you probably see people all, all around the place. Like, like I saw people on stream shaking their hands like before and after a game and stuff. Um, so it, it wasn't like people weren't shaking hands or fist bumping yeah. or whatever there. But it, it just, under, like, he probably... He probably had that situation come up a bunch. Oh, no. And it, it, like, makes sense. It just was me like, yeah, we don't shake hands anymore. Don't, no. It's like, oh, duh. <laughs> Hi, Will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he did a great job, too. Oh, he it was awesome. Um, You know, it was just a fun weekend. And luckily, I have self-control a bit because... The X-Wing was right next to the Warhammer tables. So, like, as I'm walking around judging and stuff, I'm looking over and there's these so nice painted, like, giants and fantasy armies. And it's like, wow, that looks cool. Nope, I'm not spending that money. But it was nice. The whole place was just, like, 
this whole beacon of gaming for a weekend. That so we, it, it was all together too. You guys are all yeah. all games in one room. In one huge convention hall. Cool. Like That's it was crazy. Giant. Um, looking back, probably stupid. Like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. But. Yeah, well, now that I mean, I, if, like, if that's the setup of the convention center, there's not much, not yeah. much choice, right? The nice thing I mean, about they, they did put up a wall, right? They put up a wall <laughs> of odor. Yeah, because yeah. a bunch of gamer nerds together. Um, the, the nice thing is those convention rooms generally do have pretty good uh, ventilation, and hopefully, it's just everything sucking up, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't notice any problems, so. On our end, besides the elephant in the room that happened, right? I, and, and let's talk about. Let's mention. We have to mention the. Did y'all hear about the elephant in the room? The oh, issue yeah, that's. I think we know what you're going to talk about. The fortressing debacle. Yeah. But I, I tried to. Let's, we let's we rip figured the off. Yeah, I, I think uh, we tried to avoid most everybody else's podcast to try to <laughs> hear it right yeah, from the I horse's didn't mouth. I listen to that you know? episode. Just because you said it's going to be full of drama, so yeah. Well, it the fortressing thing happened. It wasn't fortressing. It it was a strategy, and we had the judges there. So when it was brought to our attention, we handled it. We didn't applaud it, but it was not fortressing. And Brent. I, I believe Brent on Fly Better mentioned this too. He has always judged official FFG things. He was always been the official, like at all these official FFG events. So he always goes by the official FFG letters of the rules. Yeah, and, and when we had him on as a guest, it sounded like he's always been a guest more than a like a, a tournament player. Yeah, I he, mean, I, I mean a judge. Sorry. Yeah, he is all like. And so, he goes by the letter of the rules, and the letter of the rules say, as long as you have one ship moving, it's not fortressing. And he had one ship moving. Was he stalling? He was guilty of stalling, but so was the other players. Like, yeah, they're not going to fly into the trap, but that's stalling too. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most egregious example was mid-round. And it was him versus two fire sprays. And they didn't engage until the last, uh, like, few minutes. Now, we had a judge sitting at that table. In fact, so we only had two floor judges. Me and one other guy. Great guy, Brian. Um, well, one of us, like, decided. And we said, and Brian was the one who volunteered. He's like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to make sure. Because the question that we asked was, do y'all plan on engaging? The answer was yes. Okay. But Brian sat there to make sure they engaged. So just before you go on, who who initially brought it to your attention? Are you just walking around and notice, wow, just, these guys haven't moved? Or did I was after a game around. someone complain? Or? No, I was walking around. Okay. And I think... The, um, no, so one of the guy's squad mates, one of the guy's squad mates came over to me and said, what's the fortressing rule? Oh. I'm like, this is the fortressing rule. Walked over, showed me it, 
we looked. Yeah, he's not fortressing. Went to ask the marshal. He's like, yeah, that's not fortressing, but they have to engage. And so they engaged. And the judge was there watching them engage. Now, did any damage get dealt? No, none at all. Oh. The guy, the fire spray player was one point one hit away. All he needed him to do was not roll an evade. And he would have gotten half points on a ship. He rolled the evade. So they went to final salvo. And the boss player won. But the score was 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, I've been on the other side of fortressing. It does not feel nice, but that doesn't sound like fortressing. But I that was in 1.0. I mean, when that wasn't a thing. So the main thing was he was parked in a corner with his two ships and he had two other ships dangling. And what he wanted was him to bite the bait, go after either Genesis or Joy, and then he'll move boss to shoot. That's a viable strategy in my mind. Yeah, it's not like the most straightforward. You're playing this. But then you ask yourself, am I playing to have fun or am I playing to win? Well, this guy was playing to win. And yeah, you don't, the biggest, what's the biggest fault with Bosk is that once you t- get behind him, it's hard yeah. to turn Bosk around. So he was making sure that he let that go as long as he could. Yeah, so that he could stay on a path without having to not be in their sights. Yeah, I understand. And so it happened again, like he kept doing it the whole time. And Nathan Eady played him. That day, beat him. That's who Nathan was practicing against, like setting his ships up for the morning. He knew he was going to play against that player again, so he wanted to make sure he would get the engagement. And guess what? Nathan beat him again in the cut. So, did fortressing happen? No. Could it have been like, oh, that's not fun play? Well, maybe for him it was. That's my take. The judges didn't applaud it. The judges didn't, like, encourage it. In fact... Brian went and asked Will for him to be on stream, the guy who was fortressing. Oh, okay. Oh, did he end up being on stream? He was on stream. Okay. He didn't fortress as long <laughs> on stream as he did. Uh... But every game is different, right? Happens when you play certain things a certain way on stream, people get all in a tizzy. So. And it's not as fun to watch ships not move. No. It was what it was, and uh, it, it upset me hearing all, like, that negative stuff. And, you know, I try not to engage on, like, social media on Facebook. And someone was bad-mouthing the judges, like, Brent and stuff. And so that's when I engaged once, saying, listen, the judges weren't, you know, applauding it or encouraging it. This is what happened. This is what we saw. This was our ruling. He didn't win. So, yeah, but we we've seen this drama before. Uh, yeah, yeah mo- that mobile fortress too. But it is what it is, and it, Ollie beat it. I'm sure there would have been complaints if we saw HMPs because people call that mobile fortressing too. Yeah, it, some people. You just I don't know. X wing's X wing. X wing's fun. There's so many different strategies. And yeah, they made the rule. Can't, you have to, you can't stop with all your ships. And everyone saw that. And everyone's like, well, if you have one ship moving, all your other ships can stop. Everyone saw that and said the same thing. We haven't seen it until just now. That's uh, is there, my yeah. thought. So we have... We, we ripped off that band-aid. 
Um, is there any other uh, major things, any um, shoutouts for the tournament you wanted to mention? Um, I, One cool, like, there were some cool lists. You know, you had your archetype that we saw, like, I didn't see as much Shango Zam as I thought. That was the shocking thing. Yeah, everybody has two Spire Strays, so that, that is a little surprising. Was there something that you d- never saw that you were like, oh, I want to try that when I get home? There, there was a few things that I saw that's like, oh, um, a shout-out to Mike um, Drobiski, and I'm butchering his name, and I knew I would, but um, he flew a ghost. He flew Kanan, driving the ghost, and two B-Wing. That sounds like some beef. Was he in day one or two? Day one. Oh, hold on. He got uh, 33rd. That's pretty awesome, <clears throat> considering we haven't seen a lot of B-Wing play or VCX play. No, and I saw that. Especially he won, first, he won his like first two games, I think, and it's like, oh, yeah, he might. Cool. Now, unfortunately, he bottomed out, but that existed. Like, did he like load up Kanan and no. then have no? dorsal turret to Chewbacca? It was Kanan, dorsal turret, and Chewbacca. Ten fire control ion S foils and Braylon ion cannon S foils. Okay, so he's doing the double tapping B wings. Yeah, two B wings and cannon. That's uh, Brian Barter's favorite thing. <laughs> he loves loading up those B wings. I mean, B-Wings are so fun. There was, you know, you had, there was a lot of, like, beef on the table. And it looked like a lot of people just looked at the most recent tournaments and saw, and that's why I don't think there was maybe that many Django Zams, because a lot of the recent hyperspace tournaments you saw, of course, Boss, and then you saw the Baron. But, I mean, it, it is such a good list. Um considering what Boba Koshka used to be able to do, the fact that you have an I-5 and I-6 fire spray, both with... Well, I guess hyperspace, they don't both have force users. No. Only one of them does, but um, it's still quite the list. Um, again... But I can't. we can't really complain, considering Zam won it all. <laughs> yeah. Zam isn't that good, right, guys? She's okay. Zam needs to go up in points, and Zam's going to go up in points, and everyone, it's going to be, I, I don't know. I don't know how AMG's going to handle this, and it's going to be interesting to see. Because if it was FFG, Zam was gonna, would be like 15 points tomorrow. Zam crew? Well, and the, the pilot would go up as well. Yeah. Pilot's going to go up to 100. Crew's going to well, go up to 15. With the only online tournaments... Was AMG already in charge when the Nantex went up? No. Okay, so it's hard to know if they've been paying attention um, to the current meta. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, overall, um, my thoughts, I think I think the FO new set, once it comes out, it's going to shake things up. FO needs some presence. Scum always feels like it has presence. I, I want to... Uh, once Sam goes up, we'll have to see if Sam is the one really carrying scum or not. Yeah. Because they have some new great crew like Protector Gleb and um, Gamut Key. <laughs> Gleb's going to go up. <laughs> yeah. I think Gamut Key's okay where he is. Yeah, I, I think Gamut's okay. He seems uh, uh, like fairly costed. Um, But really, overall, the only list that's like, oh, that actually, yeah, was uh, Andrews. 
because I like General Grievous and I like Zam. So. I'm definitely going to put that on the table at some point. I, I hate to sit, like, because it's like, I'm going to take the best winning list and plus I'm going to take the best winning list and play it because that's something that looks fun. I don't know about the Prockets. And we talked, and he's like, I don't know about the Prockets. It is. I, I don't know what to think about them either because are you really. He. I. He was debating not having them, so... But, I mean, it worked, I guess. He got first. If you really want that bid, that's the first thing you take off, I guess. But you don't need the bid. Like, the first thing he should have dropped if he needed one of the bid was a Trade Federation drone. Well, if you drop the Procket, I would throw the... Is it at 200? Possibly. Yeah, because if it's at 200, if you drop the Procket, throw the... Throw the struts on the on the drones, but just uh, uh, but uh, there's no discords in hyperspace yet, so that'll be fun going to in real life extended, bringing discords and all the fun. How do you stop? Back. How do you stop double fire sprays? Discord missiles. Discord missiles and plasma uh, torpedoes. How do you? I mean, so the question is going to be. Uh, how, the question is going to be, how do you stop Bosk? And the answer is, Discord missiles. And uh, I just um, thought it was really interesting. The latest uh, um, episode of... Um, Bad Batch? Damn, no, uh, it's a podcast. Oh. Radio TCX. Okay. They had an episode about like the top three, what they think are the top three best pilots for hyperspace and extended. And the top three for extended, they said, was... Um, number three was Fifth Brother. Number two was Lando and the Falcon. And really? number one was Asajj Ventress and the Shadowcaster. And I was like, I've been flying these two for like a year and a half or two years. And they keep getting cheaper and it's great. <laughs> I like Asajj right now in the Shadowcaster. I, I haven't flown her with Zam, but I just, I just put Maul on her and I'm good to go. I mean, I've flown her with Zam. Because Zam's so cheap. I just feel like I haven't flown with Zam, and if I and I'm just going to forget triggers. But I'm just preparing for that that price jump. And I'm not sure um, with my current um, Scum Stress Squad if for Alderaan if I want to fly that or just stick with my HMPs. But yeah, that's exciting. I'm very jealous that you got to go to a big in-person event. And it's never going to happen again. No. No. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Hoping no, to will... get one. So Frontline's doing something in New Orleans in December. They said, yeah, we're definitely going to do Legion. We're definitely going to do 40K. We don't know if we have enough room for X-Wing. But if we do, like if you do, give me a call. Yeah, you would want to um, take charge of that one? Uh, I mean, Brent actually has already, like I've talked to Brent, but I, I would help him set up things here, being more the local. And then, of course, there's LVO coming, supposed to be coming up. That should be coming. Yeah. When would that be? January. So, oh, January. Oh, January. That's okay. Hmm. Borders might be open. Borders are supposed to be open on August 21st. Really? Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Or, yeah. August 12th or 21st. I might be getting the numbers mixed up. But they have plenty of time to cancel their plans again. Yeah, and or, say, no, think positive. You got to put the right vibes out there, man. But yeah, uh, we have. Um, if you have nothing else to add, there we have um, time for some Wikipedia deep dive. 
I Let's think deep we dive. Did, uh, we we decided on a scum because that's kind of what the biggest turnout was. Yep. In celebration of Asajj being awesome. Let's. <laughs> I thought it was because of Bosk. All right. This will be fun. There's going to be a lot on this. Grab the Wikipedia. I got Ankara Plot. uh, Okay. Oh, the website just looks really different right now. They got like a big block on the top for like advertisements. A lot of wikis have been doing that. Oh, he's a beautiful guy. Yeah. So uh, you'll recognize him. Ankar Plutt from the the Force Awakens. He is played by Simon Pegg. Atreus, since you are our glorified guest this week, uh, do you want to just say the the beginning blurb right there? I'm sure a lot of people sure. know who this is, but just so, in case you don't, Ankar Plutt, a male member of the Crow Loot species, resided in the remote, lawless world of Jakku approximately 30 years after the Battle of Endor. The Crowloot was a junk boss who bought weapons, gears, and scraps of Rebel and Imperial ships, which had crashed during the Battle of Jakku. The ruthless Unker used hired thugs to enforce a strangled hold on Barter, sending them to punish any scavenger who dared dabble in unauthorized trades or negotiated too aggressively. The Blobfish, as scavengers called him behind his broad back, had collected all manner of weapons, gears, and ships over the years. Included a battered Corellian freighter he kept under a tarp on the outskirts of Nima Outpost. From his concession stand in Nima Outpost, he ruled over the lives of the scavengers, buying and selling scrap and doling out survival rations. Yeah, he does look like a blobfish. Uh, he looks like the exploded blobfish. Because something I've learned recently is that blobfish actually don't look like all the images that we've seen them. It's like, because my son's been obsessed with Octonauts and everything, so we've watched episodes. But, like, because of the pressure, as, like, the release of pressure as they're taken up from the Midnight Zones that they live in, they just, like, explode. All right. I'll, uh... Crap. I'll, uh, I'll read a little bit more here. Uh, Ankar Plutt was born on the aquatic world of Cruel in 16 BBY. Uh, he claimed to have left after a business deal fell through and drifted from place to place until eventually ending up on Jakku. Ankar Plutt established himself as on Jakku sometime after the Battle of Jakku, making a living trading salvage for food rations to local scavengers, reselling the parts of spacers. But uh, in 21 ABY, a young Ling called herself Ray was left with him on Jakku by her parents. Oh! I didn't realize that he was, that she was left with him. Um, in order to protect her from her grandfather, Darcidius, the Sith Lord, to rule the Galactic Empire. I guess that was kind of filled in after uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Well, um, no, we saw. Oh, yeah, we saw him being left. Her being left with him, like in the flashback once. Right. Right. Yeah. He's holding her was, as she's yelling or something. I didn't realize that he was actually left or she was actually left with him because in the movie they don't really he doesn't seem like the her father figure he just seems like the person that deals out rations <laughs> but i guess uh i haven't watched it enough to kind of catch that the young teen eventually struck out 
on her own becoming one of the best scavengers on Jakku because of that Unkar's thugs had orders to make sure she was left alone. Yeah, then it kind of goes into Ray's history a little bit. Which must yeah. have been uh, must have been gone through in a novel or something. Because it talks about her as a kid. But that's cool. Yeah. Um, I did not it, realize that uh, I knew Simon Pegg, this is just, I'm looking down behind the scenes. New Simon Pegg was Unker, but Simon Pegg was also um, the voice of Dengar in the Clone Wars. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Dengar isn't treated very nice in the Clone Wars. I don't actually remember him in the episodes, but... Um, what group was he with? Um, I don't remember. I think he was with uh, Lots Razi and somebody else. And any time Dengar tried to say something, they were just like, shut up, Dengar. So, there is a scene that was in the novelization that was filmed, but not in, and it was in the novelization with Chewbacca ripping Plot's arm off. Oh, I remember reading that there was a deleted scene. Or a deleted script. Okay, I just found the, um... Of the of arm ripping? ripping the arm off? Of, uh, Dangar. Oh. Oh. Uh, he was, um, so he was in a group with Box, uh, Bosk, Asajj, and Latsrazi. And, uh, Bosk is walking into, here, I'll, I'll post the link, is walking into a little, into a door, and, uh, Dangar asks Bosk, hey, Bosk, who's your girlfriend? And Bosk is like, shut up, Dangar. And also just, that's what a blobfish looks like, not exploded. Uh, I guess I could see the... Sort of in the face and eyes, yeah. Yeah, but when it's taken out of the water, that's when it looks like a... Uncle Plot. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like melting skin. Okay. Anyway. I guess uh, I, I thought there would be something in the Wikipedia about the... Uh, <clears throat> quad jumper? Yeah, but I guess really he, he it's only in the movie. He doesn't really fly it or say that he owns it. Well, he does. I mean, he probably you assume that it. the whole collection of ships right. they were running to was owned by him... Yeah, probably. Yeah, it probably was. I'll call up JJ and I'll ask him. Yeah, you've anyway, got him on speed dial, right? Yeah. I mean, he lets you call him JJ, so only his uh, best friends get to call him JJ. Anyway, um, <laughs> should we uh, mention our ideas for a couple of future episodes coming up? Sure. Um, I know uh, Dave and I sent out a box to a tradies, a Canadian care package, and for a review. No poutine, unfortunately. Ah, I can fix that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> or that'd be a little tough to ship. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, I could have ordered a McDonald's poutine. And, could have ordered a McDonald's poutine and threw it in there. Ugh, oh. McDonald's has poutine up it's, there? That's the yeah. worst example of a poutine you could have, though. Like, well, that, that fast doesn't food. matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to dislike it, I want you to at least try the best version of it. Costco poutines are good. It got to be better than the McDonald's one. I have seen that. I've, my wife ordered it when we were on the road one time, and it just looked like, oh, I don't know, whatever. Nobody wants it. I enjoy it <laughs> for what it is. My butt does not. Anyway, um, uh, so we have an episode coming up. Uh, hopefully, it won't take too long to get there. Uh, a fun episode comparing Canadian treats uh, to American counterparts. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to then, after that, send y'all look. New Orleans care package. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know if uh, uh, 
crawfish and crawfish ship won't ship. <laughs> oh, I've seen people ship fish. You just put in those big styrofoam things and then fill it with water. It's fine. And then I actually I haven't run this by you guys yet. Uh, I've listened to a couple of um, Nintendo related podcasts recently, and they've had episodes where it's just the two of them. So I'm not sure how we're going to do it. Uh, I'm sure we could figure it out. But they have uh, a 20 question uh, game where it's yes or no questions, and they try and guess the song or the game that or the character from a game okay. um, that the other person's written down. So I figured uh, we would each write down 10 X-wing cards or ships or pilots or upgrades. And then we'd write some extra ones in case during the episode one of us picks one that the other one picked. Then you would have an extra one to go off of. And then uh, you would have 20 questions, 20 yes or no questions to try and guess what it is. Be like, is it from this faction? Is it a talent card? Is it a pilot card? And then try and have 20 questions to go from there. And then we would have like a, a round where you're brought down to 10 questions okay like for uh and try and make it harder but i thought it'd be an interesting idea yeah that uh, sounds cool yeah it's like sort of trivia um but all three of us are kind of in charge of each other's feet would be kind of yeah neat. It, it was kind of neat it was all about uh metroid so it was guessing the metroid characters <laughs> so they, they would ask um is it a boss character is it from the 2d games is it from the 3d games and then is if... it ridley <laughs> ridley was never the answer one of the first ones was Craid. great uh, yeah but uh that was gonna be my first venture but i'm like no ridley is the better of the options to guess well, let's scratch see. that i think i think meta uh ridley was uh, one of the answers uh, uh, but it, it was uh, kind of cool to listen to and i am not a metroid prime fan so yeah so but it's really funny because they would say uh is it from the 3d games no is it from the 2d games no okay then it's other m <laughs> which i thought was kind of funny I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to uh prime one as my next game that i'm going to play i just finished playing the original um metroid 2 on the game boy have you played super yep okay so i've played I'm sorry, we're getting super off topic here. <laughs> um, I've played the first one. I played was Zero, Zero Mission. Okay. Then I played Samus Returns on the 3DS. Then I played Super Metroid. Then I played Fusion. And then I just played Metroid Two. Oh, okay. And then so my next one, I know it takes place after uh, Metroid One, but I'll play Prime. That's, that's I, a good, yeah. Um, I know if I wanted to play the original Metroid, I would need like a, a walkthrough <laughs> on, at all times. Well, yeah, there's no map. Mm-hmm. Well, Same with Metroid l- Luckily, there's uh, about a hundred YouTube videos that are just that, walkthroughs of every video game. Mm-hmm. I had to look up a map for Metroid 2, just because there's a lot of backtracking in that game. But uh, other than that, it was really fun. And to find like certain upgrades, it's like I'm out of missiles and I need health. Where do I go? I need it now. 
because some of the refill stuff is hidden. Yeah, they kind uh, of made, you know, Super Metroid a little easier in that regard. Oh, it's definitely a lot easier um, than Metroid 2, that's for sure. But Metroid 2 is a lot easier than Metroid 1 <laughs> as well. Uh, okay, yeah. that was our off-topic moment. <laughs> Shout out to Metroid. It's actually Metroid's 35th birthday today. Is it really? Wow. That's wow. that's why it was kind of on my mind. So yeah, it's their 35th birthday today, which is really cool. That's all, uh, that's all I kind of wanted to mention. Um, my future ideas for a couple episodes when we don't have guests or... Yeah, sounds great. Just letting you guys know. Alright. That's all I have. That's all I have. Same. Oh. Uh, any shout-outs this week? Shout-out to me. It's my birthday on Sunday. Oh, so... man. Happy birthday. Big shout-out. Happy then. early birthday. How, how young is Lucas going to be? Uh, 31. Oh, Jesus Christ, you are young. <laughs> I'm going to be 46 in a month. You're always going to call me young. That's not fair. Well, that's just <laughs> going to be the way it is. <laughs> you're 36, and then I was 20. Oh, you're so young. Oh, I'm 31 now. Oh, you're still young. <laughs> I'm 10, 10 years. Oh, I'm 41. Oh, you young buck. <laughs> Actually, you sound like my wife. She's 12 years younger than me. She has the same complaint. You're always, always bragging about how old you are. I said, I wasn't bragging. I was complaining. Hey. Oh, I... uh, it's... <laughs> A fun game for my students to guess how old I am because I always get like, for the past you know twelve years I've gotten you're fifty. Yeah, like, they don't know. They... No. <laughs> Anybody older than twenty to a kid is fifty. You're you're an old person. <laughs> yeah, if you're like really little, like less than ten, and somebody's fifteen, you're like you're thirty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember when I couldn't even really understand age. I always thought, oh well, I'll catch up to you, Dad. Like when I'm thirty and you're thirty. We'll be 30 together, right? Like, I just uh, didn't understand numbers. I guess I still don't, really. And I'm glad you all shared your age, and I didn't, so. <laughs> I'm not scared of it. I'm 34, so. Old is not a scary word. Yeah, my wife's a year older than me, and so she's robbing the cradle. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't talk then. <laughs> you cradle robber, you. Wow, we've been together for like 12 years now. So it must be working. That, that didn't give her enough time to catch up to your age? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it turns out that's not exactly how it works. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ladrian. Well. Sounds like we're at the end of it tonight. Sounds like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if you have a lot to cut out there, Dave. No, 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 that's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs>